0: I can't change or do anything about my current situation the way it is now. Everything has to change on an energetic level first. And so that's where I had to begin, I had to look at my baggage, I had to look at it face on and say, yes, this happened to me, yes, this trauma happened to me.
1: Welcome to Simply Woke, a podcast about awakening experiences. These are the transformative events that connect us to our spiritual selves and personal truths. I'm Alessandra Johnston, and each week I speak with a different guest about how they woke up, what happened, what they learned, and how it shifted their life. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome. I'm Alessandra, and thank you so much for being with me here today. Uh, today, I am speaking with a woman named Denny Van. Denny is a speaker, teacher, and transformational mentor. She helps others to discover how vital their inner space is for their health and well-being. And we talk about turning inward quite extensively in our conversation. I really loved my conversation with Denny. I mean, I love, I love all my conversations with my guests, but I felt a particular connection with her, I think, because we really do share um, a very similar worldview. So 17 years ago, Denny received the earth-shattering news that she had cancer, and actually it happened on her 35th birthday, and she turned within and very clearly heard that the traditional healing of chemo and radiation was not for her. So she went the non-traditional route, and we talk about how she chose to heal her physical body by healing her energetic body first. We also discuss the importance of remaining centered and neutral when manifesting. And we also talk about how EFT helped her to heal. And in case you don't know what EFT is, EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. It's also called tapping, and it oddly works. And if you're not familiar with it, basically what you do is you actually just kind of lightly tap on various pressure points on your face, chest, and head. And while you're tapping on these points, you start to say certain affirmations. And the first time I did this, I I Googled it and I found this YouTube called Tapping with Brad. And at first I felt really kind of dumb because I was like, okay, this is not going to work. But I had heard so many good things about it. So I pushed through. And as I was doing it, I actually suddenly felt this rush of energy from deep within me and certain memories and realizations seem to rush from my subconscious to the surface. And I was able to recognize some of my deep rooted fears and where they came from. And by finding the root of certain emotional wounds, well, then, then it's more, you can heal it more easily. And my husband loves to make fun of me for tapping, but it really does work. And I'll add some links in the show notes if you're interested in learning more. Also, just a quick reminder to rate review subscribe or share this podcast this helps the show to grow and also if you have a story of awakening that you'd like to share please email me at hello at simplywoke.com. and if it's a good fit for the show then I'd love to have you on for you to share your story. So now let's jump into episode 12 with Denny Van. And I was wondering if you could just start off by telling me kind of where you were in your life before your diagnosis.
0: So my diagnosis of cancer happened, actually, I got the call from my doctor on my birthday, my 35th birthday. Yeah. So, but before that day, I was, on the outside, I was very successful in my career. I was actually at the top of my career and looking very successful, but on the inside, Um, I wasn't dealing with my baggage so when I got that diagnosis on my birthday it was like your whole world everything I knew what the meaning of everything slowed down or stood still your whole world just comes to a complete stop so that's pretty much what was going on right around that time and I am now 52 so it's been 17 years since that day
1: what did your life look like at 35? So you mentioned you were, you were what
0: career did you have? Um, I was a, a sign language interpreter for the Chicago metropolitan area and um, married to my husband. I had two kids at the time. They were seven and 13. And we were on a getting ready to go to Disney World just weeks, uh, probably maybe six, eight weeks after that diagnosis. So very busy mom, very busy in my career, very, very busy and traveled. I traveled a lot. So Chicago metropolitan area, I probably put a good 30 to 40,000 miles on my car a year. So I traveled quite a bit.
1: And then how did the diagnosis come up? Like, Were you not feeling well or was it kind of a random test that just showed
0: something? It was just one day. um, It was summertime, so... um, I had a tank on and my husband pointed out, he's like, what is that on your right shoulder? And I looked and it was like nothing I've ever seen before. So I'm a fair skin ginger, you know, and I I don't tan, I burn. <laughs> so I'm very sensitive to the sun. And, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to the dermatologist and you don't have it t- tested. And, you know, they, send, they don't tell you anything. They send it off. To get it biopsied and the doctor himself called me and said I'm sorry to tell you it's malignant melanoma he proceeded to tell me what I needed to do next and it's like all I'm thinking of all right first of all I know melanoma is cancer and malignant is cancer what the hell do I have cancer cancer you know it's like what kind of <laughs> double-edged whammy did I get you know it's like that's all I could think about it's like what the hell is that so I did some research and it's it's one of the fastest spreading forms of cancer, very deadly. And I was stage four and because of the size and the blood connection and all that stuff. So it was quite a slap in the face.
1: You mentioned that it kind of everything slows down. So what actually like what goes through your head and what did the doctor tell you?
0: Um, Well, I made an appointment with a a surgeon oncologist and, you know, because the dermatologist sends you off to somebody else. So I'm meeting this doctor for the first time and I brought my mom with me and he proceeds to tell me, you know, based on my my biopsy that I'm going to be injected with radioactive dye to determine if he's going to add radiation To chemo, so he already decided that I was going to get one or the other. He wasn't sure if I was just going to get both. So, as he's going on and on about this, I'm thinking, okay, we're leaving for Disney World in a few weeks. So, I'm like, is it okay that I, you know, go on vacation? I was going to a training, and my kids, you know, were going with my sister to Disney World to have a good time. So, I'm thinking of all these things and you know, my life is still good. My, I still have these plans and things are going on. And, and he's like, no, 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 you cancel your plans. And we're going to schedule you when I get back from vacation. And I'm thinking, all right, he's going on vacation. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. And I I even said it out loud. I'm like, you tell my seven year old, he's not going to Disney world. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, it's like, what do I do? And then all of a sudden I just got really quiet and I just went inside and my mom started asking questions. I always recommend people, you know, when you go to a doctor with this kind of thing, bring someone with you because they're going to tell you, they're going to talk you fear. Yes. You know, they're going to talk fear. So that's exactly what this guy did to me. So my mom's asking these questions and I, something inside, I just went inside and I just heard, this isn't for you and so I said all right well I'm going to be getting a second opinion and I'll call you next week (laughs) and we gotta go so I'm just like I found a surgeon who was willing to just remove the tumor Mm -hmm. and I found an oncologist who was willing to allow me to heal and do things she's like you have to be doing things so so I found Dr. McCola, and I discovered things about my health and my Mm well-being on a on a mind, body, and spirit level, and i I loved what he taught i I learned eFt from him, and I began to really work on my baggage. I had to work on the past traumas that i wasn't looking at. I was stuffing them underneath the surface and not dealing with them
1: so this was you found a second opinion, and what was his name doctor
0: It was a surgeon to remove this to remove the tumor, okay, and an oncologist, and she was okay with me doing it this route.
1: When did you start learning about the various techniques to help you heal?
0: Well, since I went inside, I thought, you know what, I started asking different questions. So I would go inside and say, how can I heal from here? What do I need to do for my body? And I began meditating more. And this is something that I really didn't do. And meditation, and I began to take yoga. At the time, my husband and I we were married for like, I want to say 15 years at that time. So we were like, what do you want to do? We should do something together. So he would throw out tennis, and I would be like, no. And then I would throw out, you know, something, and he'd be like, no. So one day I threw out yoga, and so he said, absolutely, let's do it. And so we started doing something together and this began a healing process within myself and in yoga and my um, instructor recognized my teaching ability encouraged me to go and get trained so I started training and and learning about uh, yoga traditions and then how to apply it to the fitness industry but I learned so much about my body and its capability and the energy movements and I would just open myself up to what do I need to learn next? And one of the first books I read was The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And that book really told me that I can't change or do anything about my current situation the way it is now. Everything has to change on an energetic level first And so that's where I had to begin. I had to look at my baggage. I had to look at it face on and say, yes, this happened to me. Yes, this trauma happened to me. Acknowledge it, recognize it, and then boom, it's gone. And then this space opens up within. And this is where your genius is. This is where your genie is. And you begin to have Synchronicities, things just naturally fall into your lap. Dr. Mercola just naturally fell into my lap, and he did some of these uh, heavy metal tests, and I had, believe it or not, uranium in in my. Uh, he did a hair follicle test in in my system. You know, it's like, how did I get uranium in my system? And he said it was off the charts.
1: Where do you think you got uranium from?
0: You don't know. I'm a Chicago girl, so who knows? Uh, so I learned about uh, heavy metal detoxes. So I started detoxing heavy metals, cleansing the liver, becoming very aware of how my body responds to food. I discovered that I have the gluten intolerance. He, he called it something celiac. Celiac, uh, yeah. But it w- there was a word before, celiac. So I had to learn whole new skills because my mother was Italian and I grew up on pasta. Holy cow. I
1: understand. I mean, (laughs) my name's Alessandra. I'm half Italian. I get that. Yes.
0: So I'm, I'm real. And it took time. I mean, these changes didn't happen overnight. It's been, it's been a 17 year journey. But one thing I learned about my body is if I'm glutened, you know, I go out and eat and I ask the questions and I still get the food. My stomach could be perfectly flat, but I kid you not, two hours later, I look six months pregnant. So there's that immediate reaction within my body. And then soy, I learned causes a neurological effect where the right side of my body becomes numb. So I have to watch out for being soyed. So these things, which is maybe food and nutrition for one person is poison for me so i had to learn what my body needs not what oh that person is eating this way so therefore i should be eating this way no that could be poison for my body so these are things that i had to do for myself because nobody could do them for me
1: so for you was it just a bunch of trial and error or just kind of really noticing like how did you fi- how did you figure out
0: meditation and asking internal questions, how is this, you know, asking how, asking the universe your being, because your being, you know, is the magic. So you have a conversation with your being, but you got to ask the right questions. We tend to be like, well, how can this day get any worse? And then we have emotion behind it. So if we open ourselves, how can I be the healthiest I can be in this moment? And then have emotion and joy. It's like, oh my gosh, if I could be the healthiest right now, I would just feel pure bliss and then feel that bliss. And then things change on an energetic level. So I'm a a little bit of a geek at heart. My husband's like an uber geek. I have two sons, geeks in their own way. So I love energy and how... I can I can see it in nature how it's naturally in movement and then apply it within myself because my we are matter and energy my body's the matter it's here temporarily it really belongs to time but I'm also the energy and I like to tell people you're the bottle and the genius yes. you just got to get out of got way out, out of the way of the bottle yeah. you know, so I got to get Denny out of the way I got to get my fears out of the way. I got to get maybe my expectations and my beliefs and what I think should be and could be out of the way. And I had to come to a point where I was okay with if, you know, the doctor was right that I would be dead in two years if I chose not to go the traditional way. And how
1: did you do that? See, for me, because I imagine, because I also at this point have young children. And for me, that diagnosis, my immediate thought would go right to my children. And how did you, as a, young mother get past that fear and, and fully accept that?
0: You know, when you think of your children and, and then your health and then not being there for them, you know, that brings up some fears and those fears have to be recognized and dealt with. So I looked at those fears and we talked as a family. And of course my husband was terrified and my kids were very worried and, You know, they were very young at the time and they didn't even know it was like, what's cancer? Mm -hmm. You know, know, so you had to say mom's sick, even though she looks fine, (laughs) you know, so, but as a mom, I just have to be in the space of, of, I could choose, I, I could see choices clear, I could choose to go down that route of fear and then feeding it the energy. And I knew I couldn't allow myself to do that. So when was
1: the moment that you were able to kind of, because it sounds like you were able to separate and start watching your thought process and start recognizing certain things that would come up. Were you always able to do this? Or was this, was this just as as soon as you heard within this is not for you? And then everything shifted?
0: My background is um, Christianity. So I was a minister for many, many years. And so I learned to go inside. And and one of the things that I always held in my heart is when Jesus said, the kingdom of the heavens is within. And so I had to go within and trust that, you know, they talk about faith being something, you know, the church says, you know, have faith. But this is a, this is a, a, faith that's more like a state of being where I just know it's going to be okay so it's very very easy to take your focus off of that because the world is going to show me fears and this movement so it, it had to be an internal focus of my awareness because all possibilities are there I had to I had to be okay with the possibility of me dying. I mean, I could have gotten hit by a bus the next day. And believe it or not, I almost got hit by a bus on state and ninth in Chicago near Columbia college. So, I mean, it, it wasn't long after that diagnosis. And I realized, Holy cow, you know, they talk about two years. This was like maybe 12 months later that I was almost hit by a bus. So it's like, huh.
1: But then it's the, it's the knowing, you know, I think it's, I think with the law of attraction, because this is what it's kind of reminding me of a bit, I, I feel that there's this, this need to go neutral, that when you stay neutral, then that's kind of the energy that you actually want. Because I think if you're constantly trying so hard to manifest something, you're actually coming from a place of lack. Whereas if you're able to remain neutral and you're okay with either outcome, and just allow the flow to happen through you
0: exactly. And you know, um, I've studied so many religions. Um, I'm a reverend and with a uh, doctor of divinity. So um, Buddhism is really the middle way. So it's not the the movement. It's it's like t- there's two parts. There's the movement, like the scales that are moving. You know, weighing. And then there's the fulcrum. Mm-hmm. So in Buddhism, we see that this movement, life is going good, life is going bad, but stay as the fulcrum. Don't attach or judge. Oh, this is good and that is bad. And so this helped me as well. You know, I I feel blessed that I had uh, faith-based training or spiritual training, and I was able to apply it to what was going on within me and. I feel blessed to have had that along with my nerdiness with metaphysics and physics and stuff like that. I mean, it's just making connections. And these connections are not only on our in our external reality, but they're inside. These are internal connections that I was able to make. Mm-hmm.
1: When did you get the news that you were fully healed?
0: My oncologist on my five year last visit. <laughs> she's like, well, it's been five years. There's no reoccurrence. I don't want to see you again. And I'm like, yay! Yeah. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Like, did you sell? You must have celebrated, obviously.
0: I did. I took a big course and I went someplace cause I loved, I was getting it. I became a licensed massage therapist. So I was taking courses on cranial sacral therapy and other healing modalities and healing the body and I just dove into, I became a course junkie and so much training and because I loved it. And so I'm, I'm one for personal development and learning and I don't know it all. And there's always something to learn and there's always new things being discovered. And that's kind of where I sit. So I kept myself open to possibilities because when you're diagnosed with a, something like cancer, we tend to close off. Because, you know, everybody's going to tell you, you got to try this herb, and you got to try that drink, and you got to do this. And they're all giving you unsolicited advice, you know, looking outside instead of going inside. And, you know, I, I would just be thankful, thankful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, it's not good or bad, like you said, that middle way, just acknowledge what it, what is happening in the external world. So yes, absolutely.
1: So if somebody were to get the unfortunate diagnosis? What would be your advice for them?
0: You know, I, I work with many of my clients are going through um, life changing events. Recently, a client it was going through chemotherapy. She just had her last treatment two weeks ago. Before she started treatment, I said, you are in this 1000% but if there's any doubt in you, it's not the way to go. And so she went the chemo way 1000%. And she knew that this was the way to go. And so I supported her through this process. And so by the third treatment, doubts started and fear started to come in. And so I reminded her, look, honey, this is the way we're going. So we need to, we need to correct that internal talk. We need to energetically shift your mindset. And so we worked on certain things and she got through it and her numbers began to change and she started to really connect and understand that it has to start energetically first and you have to be aware of patterns because like you talked about the law of attraction and having this energy of lack, many of our old patterns that we are unconscious of Keep us in this energy of lack will think thoughts like, how could it get worse? Instead of open the way for something better. Mm-hmm. You know, how can, how can I open the way for something better? So we're asking ourselves the wrong questions and in, in a pattern or habitual way. And so the more you look at a certain thing, the law of attraction is the more the scales are going to tip toward that and you're going to experience that more. And so I started to understand that and then meetups started becoming a big thing. So I, I did find a group that of Law of Attraction fellows and to this day, I'm still connected to many of those uh, wonderful beings and just having a group of like-minded, you know, support group. So I was able to have a group of like-minded people and people who have gone through healing processes themselves because you need to bring in and connect and to build your support system in your community. That was the root chakra that I had to work on. I needed to build uh, my own support system and community.
1: And so for when it came to the traumas, you mentioned that as soon as for you, as soon as you recognized it, that released those traumas. Because I know for myself, like I can notice certain thoughts and if it's if it's a particularly strong energy that I need to I need to personally transmute in some way, whether that's through movement or through creative, like through creative endeavors. So I'm just wondering when you recognize the traumas that are within you, how do you release the energy? What's your way of, of healing from them?
0: I love EFT, emotional freedom technique, and it's just tapping on the emotional meridians in the body. And I took um, training through Dr. Mercola and actually worked with his therapist as well, and really worked on understanding how EFT works. And then I kind of morphed it into um, looking at what's coming up. So even though I'm recognizing this, I'm feeling this, and you don't even have to name it, you can just put your awareness on what's happening. Maybe there's a trigger that happened and you don't know what it was that triggered you and you just tap yes I feel this trigger in my body I'm feeling my heart rate go up I'm feeling the anxiety and then you'll remember oh yes 10 years ago or 20 years ago this happened you'll start to recognize those things so even though this happened I choose this is really important so what we're doing is we're recognizing the movement of energy and it's just energy and movement it's innocent. It's just moving through the body. And then we're choosing to stay calm and relaxed or whatever you believe and makes you, put you in that place of openness. Because one thing I see with lava of attraction is I see people like, I have a million dollars, I have a million dollars, I have a million dollars, but then there's something inside that doesn't believe it. You have to make that affirmation 1000% believable. So if you come to a place where I truly love and accept myself, like that's an EFT thing, even though this thing is happening, I truly love and accept myself. But if there's something in you and I work with clients that are like, no, I don't love and accept myself, (laughs) I'm not going to believe that. So they're in that space. So we have to find something that is truly believable. So I had to start with that because I didn't love and accept myself. So as I was tapping, I might be, I'm calm and relaxed in my body in this moment and okay with that.
1: And that was the believable
0: statement. That was the believable statement. But saying I truly love and accept myself or I love and accept myself in this moment, there was just an "Eh," in my subconscious that said, I ain't buying it. And so this is where we know where EFT works and where not. And then we also know where there's a place to work on. So I had to start with loving myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Don't we all?
0: And it just mirrored, EFT just mirrors exactly, shows you exactly what's going on on such deep levels by how you repel or receive, you know, we're either repelling or mm-hmm.
1: receiving, but I guess it all the receiving is dependent upon how open you are.
0: Yes. If you're not open, you're repelling. Mm-hmm.
1: So you use EFT to help you open up as well?
0: Yes, and to recognize that energy because a thought starts and then the energy has to go through its process. It's kind of like you turn on a light switch and the light goes on. It has to go through the wires, just like something's triggered in the body energetically. It has to go through its process. So EFT allows that energy to freely go through the the conduit, (laughs) the, the wires through the body um, and release it. Mm -hmm. If we don't, and we hold it down in there, this requires a lot of energy. It's, it's almost like holding a beach ball underwater and then something else pops up someplace else. So it's going to keep popping up. And, and I saw that I, I started to recognize, wow, this is happening again. Why is this happening in my experience? Oh my gosh, I haven't dealt with this that happened when I was seven Or I hadn't dealt with this that happened when I was 14. So you
1: feel that your cancer was a result of years of energetic wounds and hurt that manifested itself physically?
0: I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that I changed myself on an energetic level first. And 17 years later, I'm still here. That's all I know.
1: But it makes sense. Right, you got to start with it. I I believe you start with the foundation.
0: Everything starts energetic first,
1: and so this is what you do now. Then for a living, you help people with this.
0: Yes, and I guide people to understand um, the two parts of self. As a human being, the human part of us is the matter. You can see it, touch it, taste it, use your five senses for it's here temporarily. It's not the true you.
1: And what is the true you?
0: The being part, the part you can't see, touch, taste, but you gotta go inside and listen and allow yourself to get big and let go of who you think you are and all the labels that you have, because that stuff can't come with you. You gotta be nothing here. You gotta be nothing as the being.
1: Which is very difficult to like there's only zeros and
0: ones in binary. One is the human, be zero. That's an interesting way of thinking about it.
1: And when it comes to like this, the big beingness, I think I I know some people struggle with that. This notion of of spaciousness and bigness, and how do you how do you explain that?
0: You know, there's nature shows us examples, and some examples I love to use are like um, a hurricane. Or if you live in the southern hemisphere, a typhoon, even weather uh, channel people will talk about the two parts. There's the eye and then there's the bands that move and change and stuff. But the bands depend on the organization and strength of the eye. And the eye is nothing. Mm -hmm. It's nothing. You can't see it, taste it, smell it. But you better beware of the power of that force because the bands are coming. So you are two parts. The human part of you belongs to time.
1: Yes. Belongs to this level.
0: Exactly. And nothing here belongs to the being, but the being gets to experience it. So we are here to experience, find our purpose, find what gives you compassion and joy and what you're doing when you're doing it and you lose track of time with that's what you should be doing. And we are so separated from ourselves. Yes. And so I start with self. Um, one of the things that we work on is through the energy systems, the chakra systems, there's the root chakra, the sacral, the solar plexus. And I combine this with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if I'm working with somebody who might be going through divorce, I just started work um, actually, she's, a year divorced now, she's doing very well, but we started with the root chakra and she had to figure out what her basic needs were for community support, authenticity, getting her roots down. And so as she was going through divorce, one of the first things she needed, she said, I need my own bedroom. So she separated from her husband and got her own space. Mm -hmm. And then after a year of that, trying to work it out, not working, she said, I need my own plate, my own place. So getting connected to root community, support, housing, clothes, you know, basic needs because you must have your basic needs met in order for the next chakra to be open. And that's the sexual creative center. Yes. They, they do tie in together. Don't they? A woman who's not safe, a woman who's not, doesn't feel safe. Won't have an orgasm. That's true. You gotta feel safe first before you can get creative. And then the third
1: one was the next that's um the
0: solar plexus yeah. and this is your willpower, yeah.
1: And then but what, what's the tie to Maslow's? I'm trying to picture the pyramid.
0: <laughs> For the the creativity and um, creation, um, imagination, mm-hmm. art,
1: sex So that need to express it that's right it or
0: channel it Mm -hmm. because you know some people i work with people who are single and it's like well i don't have a partner to have sex with well then we got to channel it so if you can channel it you can create on such beautiful uh levels and and just wow with that energy that creative force it's that's that's the energy we're all created from
1: is the creative force itself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we gotta let it flow through us
0: and then the solar plexus is Making a decision and making a commitment and not looking outside yourself to other people's judgment, other people's opinions, cutting off ties if you need to. Mm -hmm. So those are the first three that we go through. And then of course, you know, the higher ones, the higher ones begin to open as the lower ones open. Mm -hmm. When your, when your sexual creative center is open and the root chakra is open, the throat and the third eye begin to just naturally open.
1: Mm -hmm. See, I always felt I had trouble with my throat chakra. Just because I, I struggle with, with communicating sometimes and stuff. So
0: And you have a podcast. I know. Well, that's why I was <laughs> like, this, is, this will
1: be the way that I can open it up. That is awesome. And get creative. And get creative. It's true. <laughs> it's because my little creative outlet. It's good. Uh, but anyway, but so where can people find you online?
0: Um, my tag on social media is um, Heartfelt Awakening everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and uh, the website is heartfeltawakening.com.
1: And you had a little something that you thought the listeners would love.
0: Uh, yes, absolutely. If you're on the spiritual path, I have an ebook. Spirituality is not religious, it's physics and how this movement and stillness and this Masculine and feminine energy, and how you are no different that from nature. And nature shows us how to use our power and connect to our power. So, if you're interested in that, you can download the free ebook at heartfeltawakening.com dot com slash ebook,
1: and I'll add it into the show notes.
0: Thank you. No
1: problem. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for chatting with me tonight. I really enjoyed. like. I, mean, I, I totally. <laughs> we're on the same wavelength with a lot. Which is just funny because you were, as I said, you were talking about really what I've been, the book I've been listening to. And ironically, the podcast that I just recorded yesterday that came out today was very, was talking about kind of exactly like just recognizing, recognizing the thoughts and the fears and then, and then letting it go. And just because my whole thing was about shifting perspective.
0: I love that you said that because one of the things I tell my clients is ask yourself this one question. Are you perceiving from the movements mm-hmm. or are you perceiving from the stillness?
1: What do you mean perceiving, perceiving from the movement like outside of yourself?
0: The energetic movement. If you're perceiving from your body, your thoughts, your patterns, your beliefs, your your reactions to things, are you perceiving from the energetic movement? Mm-hmm. If it has a beginning or duration of time and an end, it's energy and movement. Mm -hmm. So if we're perceiving from the fulcrum or the being part of us, we're seeing the movement of it. So I can see when my mind starts saying, well, who do you think you are to be doing this, that, and the other thing? And I can recognize, oh, hello, thoughts. Where did you come from? (laughs) I can recognize, ah, that is not me. And then I withdraw my attention. This is transcendence. Yes. I withdraw my attention from it and then it's gone. I recognized it, thanked it or whatever. And then I withdraw my attention from it. I'm no longer feeding that because I have a choice. And this is where free will is.
1: Yes. And the choice of where where your perception is, right? Yep. Fascinating. I love this stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much for chatting with me. I really enjoyed it.
0: I love you. It's so awesome that we connected.
1: I loved how Denny spoke about resting our awareness at the fulcrum of the center of our being and how to remain neutral by not judging things as good or bad, but by just accepting and noticing. And I also loved how she stated the importance of healing from the energetic level first. So many of our issues, habits, and illnesses come from our emotional and energetic wounds, so it's really important that we heal from that level. Ignoring our wounds does nothing for us. We need to allow the negative energy to be, to give it time to exist, and to actually face it even though it's super uncomfortable. And then once we've acknowledged it, then we got to let it out, through physical activity or something creative, ideally both. And this releases the energy and helps to calm the mind. And then once the energy and the thoughts have slowed down, then we can go within and try to find the source. And when we do that by following the thoughts that are fueling the energy in the first place, then we can find the beginning of the story. Because when you find the beginning of the story that you've been telling yourself, then you can start to rewrite it. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, then please take a minute to rate and review it or share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. In light and love, I'll see you next week.